0: But I think for me, if I look back, it's been since 2006 where I felt God give me this vision. And um, if you're new here this morning, I'll just try and briefly touch into that. But we do do welcome lunches. So if you are new and you want to make this your church, then you can go to the Connect Point, put your name down, and we'll get in touch with you, let you know when the welcome lunch is where I explain the vision more. But, you know, I I saw... I felt God give me in my spirit, however you want to um, understand that, I saw in my mind, in my spirit, a river that was flowing at the side of the river with trees planted. And the trees went deep down, right, into there. The roots went down, and they were taking nourishment from the river. And the trees were growing big, they were growing strong, and they were producing fruit. And next to each tree was another tree, and they were kind of in it together, you know, protecting one another against the elements of life, and behind the trees were trees, and more trees, and more trees, as far as the eye could see. I'm talking thousands of trees, and uh, it just excited me in my spirit, and I just knew back then what God wanted to do. but I also understand with God, you've got to go on a journey to see that. Seeing it is one thing, actually putting it into practice and doing something takes time, it takes energy, it takes money, it takes people to get on board with it, to be a part of what God wants to do. Does anybody want a good church in this city? There are good churches in the city. It's not about numbers, by the way. My heart is not for numbers, but I also know that God loves numbers because he lo- loves individual people, and there's people that are not in the church yet. And it's going to take me and you to grasp the heart of God in order to see this church, what he wants to see in this city. People are watching more and beyond this city, by the way. They're looking outside of this city. Church, you're not just here for yourself. Get that in your mind. We're not just here to build our own church to make us. We're here as people of faith to put ourselves into God, to grow ourselves so that this nation can have a hope. That's why we're here. I think there's a breakthrough on this church. There's a breakthrough on my life. There's a breakthrough on our church to break through. Not, let's just not settle for mediocre second best. Let's be the best that we can be. That doesn't mean that we, we're better than anybody else. We encourage them and support other churches. But this church has a call on it to break through. Otherwise, I'm making that vision up, church. And you might have some doubts. You might have some questions. But let's go on a journey to build the church that God wants to build, build in this city. And it will all come out of him. So that was the kind of vision I had, okay? Let's get back on track a little bit. So let's go back to our purpose as a church. I'll just briefly say this. Our purpose we take from two scriptures. First scripture is from Matthew 22, 37, 39, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's why we're here. Love God, love people, love them as you love yourself. Okay, if, you, if, if we don't yet love ourselves, we'll struggle to love our neighbor, I think that's paramount for us as a church going forward to love our neighbors. We want to see this church grow, we're going to have to love our neighbors. Who's your neighbor? Second one is from Matthew 28. And it's, it's to do with Jesus sending the disciples. And he said to them, I'm sending you, Go into all the earth, make disciples. Paraphrase, go and make disciples. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey my word. Okay? And then he said, I will be with you always. So there's two purposes there. Number one is to love people and love God. We all like that, don't we? We all want to love each other. We all want to know that we're loved, connect to God, and love God, and and know what God has done for us, and then love people as God has loved us. That's the first purpose why we're here. Secondly, Jesus says, you're here for more than that, you're here to make disciples. Okay? For making disciples, that means you're going to reproduce something after your own kind. Yes, by loving people, but there's more intentionality with what Jesus did with his 12 than he did with the crowd. He loved the crowd, but he focused on the 12. And he imparted into the 12. He taught the 12. He encouraged the 12. He challenged the 12. He rebuked the 12 to get them to become what he wanted them to become because there was a bigger plan than them. So our purpose isn't just here to love people. Our purpose is to intentionally make disciples. That is the leadership aspect of what Jesus left. The ministry was love people. Let's just love one another. We won't get anywhere. We have to be more intentional to reproduce of ourselves. Am I clear? So this year, um, uh, our core values as well that, That Most of you know, but if you're new here, my core values, what what I believe in, what gives us identity at church is uh, passion, freedom, and kindness. And then there are other values that we do have and we agree on as a team, but these are three that I think gives us a personality. I'm passionate, so we're going to be a passionate church. You might not be a passionate, you show it the same as me, but you have a passion inside of you, and I want your passion to come out, right? It might be dog walking. How is this dog walking now? What's that about? Right? You can change, (laughs) okay? You know, it it may be knitting, it may be sewing, it may be, you know, hanging out with old people because you just love old people. I don't care what your passion is, but I want you to ignite a passion within you. The other one is freedom. I I just love freedom. I think God came to set us free. You've got free will this morning. You hear, Michael, we want you to be a people who choose freely what you do. Freedom isn't do what you want, by the way. Freedom is to live in the boundaries of God's word and what he has for your life. And the last one there is kindness. My favorite one the phrase that I use out of Acts 28 is this, a people that it says about Paul, when the, when the natives showed him kindness, it says, they went out of their way for him. I want us to be a church that go out of our way. I, I really do. Let's be a people that go out of our way for one another. If you're on teams, what can you do to go out of the way for somebody? How can I help you? Go the extra mile. That is a, what I want us to do. That's my values. I'm not perfect on them, you know, I'm growing in them. So please don't, if I don't go out my way for you, I'm sorry, but it's not my heart. Okay, so let's go on to this year then, our focus. So our vision is love, grow and serve. And I felt to focus on the grow aspect this year. So if we're going to grow as a church, then we need to understand how we grow. So as a, as a team, we've sat down for quite a few months and we've talked about discipleship. What is discipleship, and what do we think are the elements within discipleship to help me grow? And hopefully, some of these will help you in a minute when I share them. And um, have you got the diagram? Have you got the. Uh... Oh, there you go. Do you like that? Sorry, I'm looking to the back screen. I don't know why. When we light on the back screen, I'm like a robot. But um, this is a diagram that we come up There is a little bit more detail to it. And you're going to get a flyer by the, by the, uh, at the end as you go out. Great flyer for new people, but we're going to give everybody in the church one. It's a welcome flyer, but it's also, look at this. It's got the diagram on there. So it explains uh, our discipleship model. So these are principles of discipleship that we've taken from Scripture. We've discussed and we believe in them uh, based on the Word of God. And... Uh, also within there, you organizational people. I saw somebody that excited this week. They nearly wet themselves at this, right? There's a calendar, all right? I know, I know you modern ones, you like it all online, but some of us still like something in front of us we can hold on to. Yeah? Well, we've made this just for two people in the church. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Wow. But in there, it just gives some highlights for us as a church what our focus will be, the things that we do in there, very briefly. Um, but I just think that's a great thing for new people. Okay, it's got a picture of all of us on there. But within that is the, within that is the is this diagram our discipleship, um, our philosophy, what we think. So I'm just going to share a little bit on this, okay? And then I'm going to share a scripture in my heart what I think what God wants to say to us this year for me personally and for us as a church. So here's this discipleship um, diagram. This is not just for this year, by the way. This is something you can live your life by. It is something we'll give to the kids. In all the teams and everything we do, this will go through all of them. So that they all know when the kids, when the youth, when the older, these are the principles. If I put in place, I'm going to grow. I think they're good. I think we're being very intentional like Jesus was about his people. What do I need to put into my life to grow? Ah, I'll do that. Brilliant, now do it. That's the hard bit. Okay. So, As you can see up here, on the left-hand side we've got growth. So you've got a seed going in. We've used seeds because of the trees I saw. Um, you've got the seed going in. You've got the cycle of growth. And then at the top, you've got inhale and exhale. So for us to grow, we've got to take something in, would you agree? For a, for a tree to grow, a seed to grow, it must take something in. Agree. So for you to grow, you've got to be open to take something in. You've got to be willing, heart and mind, to take something in from God. So when you open your Bible, you've got to say, am I a learner? Am I willing to learn something new, or do I know it all? I know lots of things, but can I stay humble and learn something new from God who knows all things, who's bigger than me? So there's got to be something for you to take in. Here are three things that we've put down that we think are key for us to grow. The first one is engaging with God. Now you say it's worship or it's this or it's that. Look, we've put engaging with God because how you engage with God is how you engage with God. That can be prayer. You can talk to God. You can be open with God. You can worship and connect with God. Engage with God in the worship. On a Sunday morning, we're giving opportunity for people to come in and engage with God. It's between you and God. And As we come together, we're engaging with God as a group of believers. So key for your growth, you've got to take something in. Fundamentally, you want something from God. We can get things from people for a season But if you get it from God, it'll create something new inside of you, and you'll never be the same again. I'm a drink. This is also something we feel key that's to do with inhaling the Bible. There's no way around this, right? I'm sorry, there isn't. It is the Bible or it's nothing else, church. I want to build a church that's based on the Bible. I want to build my life on the Bible. Other are areas of my life that are not? Of course, there are. I am on a journey. But if we fundamentally keep coming back to the Bible, every time we make mistakes, every time we fall, we recognize His mercy, we recognize His salvation, we keep coming together and we're forgiving one another, we're basing it on the Bible. The church will grow. We may make mistakes, we may upset each other, we may hurt each other, but if we go back to the Bible and forgive one another and go through a journey together, maybe we'll go a bit deeper and our roots will go into Jesus and we will change because we're basing it on the Bible. This is not an emotional experience, it's a biblical experience. It's a biblical choice to follow Jesus. It's not an emotion. You notice Jesus isn't in the house. Oh, did I say that? Jesus was on the stage last week, wasn't he? For those who are guests, there, there were crates on the stage and he said his name. We kicked Jesus out. We put him around the back. Jesus has been sent out. And you know what happened this week? The wind blew it over. I was like, Jesus, I thought you could steal the wind, man. What's up with you? You're blowing everywhere. But listen, Jesus is in the house, right? Jesus is out there as well. But here's the deal. We've got to put Jesus in our hearts, number one. Otherwise, what are we building? Love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. Jesus, number one. Where do we get our knowledge from? The Bible. Base our lives, the kids, everything we do as disciples are going to be based on the word of God. Secondly, the teaching of the word of God. Jesus said, go make disciples, teaching them to obey my word. So we've got to teach people. We've got to learn how to teach people. How did Jesus teach people? He got around them. He looked at the word of God and he taught them what to do. He told them to do things and they did it. It's obedience. So we have to go on a journey of growing. How do we do that? Engaging with God, basing it on the Bible and the teachings of Jesus. Are they okay, aren't they? They're simple for me. Them are our Inhale. Let's look at our exhale then. For you to grow, you've got to give something out. You've got to produce something. You can't just be a hearer of the word. Jesus said, teaching them to obey my word. In other words, there is a doing with them. It says in John 13, now that you know these things, blessed will you be if you do them. So there has to be a production, a producing, a fruit of the word of God. Otherwise, the word becomes dead. It becomes religion. So there has to be an application, a commitment to, I am going to do the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word. I'm going to exhale the word. I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to do the word. I'm going to live the word. A few things here for you to exhale. Serve. I love serving. Jesus came. I did not come to be served, but to serve. I come to lay my life down for them. Wow. So if we're a follower of Jesus, we are to follow his example. We are to give our lives for our kids. We are to give our lives for our brother and our sister. We are to lay down our selfish flesh and to grow and become like Jesus. If we're going to establish the church and establish our roots and so that the wind doesn't just blow us over or the next fad doesn't blow us over, we've got to be a people that are so rooted in Jesus that are so, do you know what? I'm going to model. I don't feel like serving in church because I'm having a bad season. Well, keep serving anyway. And we'll consider you're having a bad moment and we'll give you a time out, but don't feel bad about it. Come back and talk and listen and let's get you rooted again. Let's get you producing again. Serving the house. Somebody agrees. Serving the house. That means serving this house. Is he the God? Here's a question Is he the God of your house? Jacob has an encounter with God several times in Genesis 28 in various moments, and he keeps going back to that place called Bethel. And we say, you know, it's the house of God. Kind of. No, is he the God of the house? Is he the God of the house? Is he the God of this house? Are we going to serve one another then? Are we going to submit to one another? Are we going to love one another? Are we going to throw our lives out for one another? So when people come out, they see us going out of our way for one another. The guys on this, this week, they've been serving all week. They were here Tuesday night. They were here Thursday night. They were here Friday night. They were here last night till half past eight. They were here the week before. A team of them doing it, putting their bit in as a team doing it. Great. So that you could come in and experience this. They were giving their lives for you. What can you give to the house? You've got something you can give. In your home, secondly, you're there to serve in your home. You're there to put others before yourself. Love yourself, enjoy life, but put others as equal to you and be there for them. In your workplace, you are exhaling in your workplace. You are sent to your workplace to live a life that follows Jesus and model Jesus. Not have a go at somebody. You're there to model Christ. You're there to produce fruit. The Holy Spirit is in you. He said, I will be with you always. If you are a believer of the gospel, Christ in you is with you. He's there to make you and to become more like him. As a son, a daughter, you're growing to be more like Christ. So your choices now matter on a Monday. Because you are a witness for him. You are testifying of God in you on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So your actions and your choices now should be Christ-like. Challenge, because we make mistakes and we get it wrong. But you're still called to model Christ. Serve in a house, serve in your home, serve at work. Actually, just serve everywhere. Don't compartmentalize it. Don't say, I'll serve at church. No, no, you're serving God with your life. If you surrendered your life to Christ, Paul says this, it's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. Don't battle with it. Just surrender. Come to the cross. Come to Jesus and accept him and say, okay, God, what would you have me do? I am yours. I am willing. Send me. So much more freeing than wrestle with him. The next one is this, evangelism. This is an exhale. You are a carrier of the good news. I don't mean if you're having a good or bad day, that's irrelevant. You are a carrier of good news. You are a carrier of God has forgiven you. If you are a believer, if you're not a believer, I can talk to you about that after. You can have forgiveness of all of your sins and the sins that you commit in the future all of your life, completely forgiven. And on top of that, a bonus, Eternal life with Christ Jesus. Pretty good lottery win, that is. Makes me smile at the moment. It's on the radio all the time. Oh, they found the lottery winner. Oh, they found the ticket. It's washed in the washing machine, and they're trying to get the money out of it. Well, I'm sorry. It's not going to buy eternal life, mate. You can buy what you want with it, but it's not going to buy eternal life. Why not put yourself in Jesus' washing machine and get washed clean so that you can live for him forever? Cha-ching! I've got a great washing machine. Come to me let me introduce you. It's called the cross. He'll forgive you, he'll love you, and he'll make you, give you a brand new star and give you eternal life. You are a carrier of the gospel. There's no condemnation. You'll make mistakes tomorrow, but get back up. God keeps forgiving you and loving you. You're a carrier of the good news. You are forgiven. You are washed. You are whiter than snow. You are you. Be free. Be you. Enjoy life. You're unique. Don't compare yourself. There's not another one like you, so stop looking for another one like you. There's only you. Woo, God made me. Do you get up in the morning going, man, look in the mirror. What a creation. no you don't do you but God does he looks in Jesus's mirror and he goes looks through Jesus's mirror and he sees you and he goes man look at that man I've made one of them why are they trying to be somebody else why don't they just enjoy my freedom the good news of being free forgiven in Christ Jesus That doesn't mean we become arrogant or become something, you know, we're better than others because we should walk in humility. I read something the other week that says, you should hold two hands in your stone by a Jewish rabbi, this was. One should say, I am but dust in this world. The other one should say, this world was made for me. That's a paradox of Christianity. If you can hold a paradox, you'll do okay. If you can't, you'll swing from one to the other, right? Live free that God has made you frail and you need Jesus. But in Jesus, God's made this world for you to you to enjoy and you to be you. So evangelism is carrying the good news. The best that you can be with that, your witness is you being you and loving people. Secondly, how then to communicate and direct someone to Christ and that's what we're gonna look at this year. Can you imagine if all of us this year brought one person to Christ? Well, let's say five years time, right? Say we've got 200 people in here. And we all bring one person in the next five years. We're up to 400 people. And we establish them four as disciples, embedding the word of God into their lives. And, and yeah, teaching them foundations for their life. And we have a 400 solid church in five years' time. Pretty good, yeah? And then we go again, another five years. We double again. And we're up to... Whoa, you're good, aren't you? are you good at math. Is that right? But as you... ma. Paul Butter, you mass, yeah, was that right? Good. You got a tick from the teachers, right? So here's the deal 400 and, 810 years time. Is that pretty good? I'm not saying so we only got to get one person. That's all I'm asking. It's not a lot, is it? But well, it's challenging, isn't it? Let's be honest in this world and what people can live and do. And it is a challenge, so let's be real about it. But if we're a carrier of the gospel, as this world gets more and more difficult, there'll be a light shining in you. So don't back down on living for the gospel. Don't back down on living for Jesus and following him. Don't force people to become Christians. Don't try and make them Christians. They pick up on that and sniff it a mile off. They're not stupid. But genuinely love them. Genuine love. Genuine love. Genuine faith, expressing itself in love just because you love people. You pray for somebody, you commit to somebody, the next five years, I'm not guaranteeing it, but I'll put guarantee on it, I'll guarantee somebody will come to faith in this room. Would you agree? And the last one is this, touching on this, lifestyle. So exhale, what do you exhale? Serving, evangelism, and lifestyle. People are watching your lifestyle all the time. And you'll make mistakes and I'll make mistakes. But there'll be some days where you won't make mistakes and people remember that kind word. They'll remember that good act that you did towards them. It says in the Bible, don't stop. Don't give up on doing good. Don't grow weary, it says. On do. How easy is it to grow weary? Oh, I've done all that good and nothing's coming of it. How often do we say it? Oh, I've done that, I've served there, nothing. Well, God says, don't grow weary of doing good. Be wise with where you invest things, but... At the end of the day, don't grow weary. Don't allow discouragement, disappointments, hard-heartedness stop you doing good. Lifestyle. So let's move on to this next one, environment, and where time, right? Environment. Now, you can connect to God and get everything from God, and then you can be a doer of the word and do, do it. Would you agree? That's what basically God wants us to do. Hear of his word and do his word. It's as simple as that. But... In terms of growth, this is something I've experienced, we've experienced, that God also works outside of our just doing. Yeah? Would you agree? Most of our growth experiences or my growth experience haven't been where I've just been doing the word. It's been life that's thrown at me and I've got to get through the muck and come out the other end. And all of a sudden, I'm a different person. Anybody else like that? It's like you wouldn't write this one, would you? As if Joseph would write going into a pit from his brothers. And, you know, as if Paul would have all them whippings and all them beatings and everything he had. You just wouldn't write it, would you? But God's journey is different than our choice. And if God was to show the whole journey he's got for your life, you would run a thousand miles away. Because your life is comfortable life. Yeah, come on. Come on, it is. Come on, like the sofa's getting a bit uncomfortable. Let's buy another one, doc. The TV's not wide enough now. It's not modern enough. Let's get a wider one, doc. I just want to be comfortable. We've got to be honest. We all want to be comfortable, right? We all like comfort, relax, time, me, my time. Oh, but God has a bigger plan than that. And God's plan is to make you like Jesus. And God's plan is to make you be fruitful like Jesus Christ so he takes us on a journey sometimes a journey that we don't want to go on but he knows is more fruitful for us would you agree and it's like get me out of here I'm a Christian get me out of here God it's like no let me you need to stay in there and you need to produce something and until you change your heart maybe in your attitude it's not time for you to get out would you agree has anybody had one of those and there's lots of gif there's not a model there's not a a copy you can do oh I'm in this I need to stay in it no no no, sometimes you got to get out of it and that's where you have to find God and talk to God and pray, and God give you something for that season that you're in. And get people around you who are wise to help you. That's why the environment is so important. Two things from that environment. The first one is this: key relationships in the season that you're in. I don't mean friends, I don't mean just friends who'll tell you what you want and not challenge you. Somebody who's there, he'll give you wisdom, who's been through it and overcome it, and can give you the wisdom to get through that season. And very often, they're a God sent person. Stephen Matthew came to me a few months ago, and I'm talking to him. I know he knows how to build church. He's great for this season for us. I had another one two years ago, Nicholas. He was great for that season for us as well. For me personally, And for us, does it mean I'll hold on to him, he'll be my friend all the time? No, because I have to follow God. He'll be there and he's there. But sometimes then God brings me another person who will help me in that season. Who is the person in your season? Are you willing to let somebody else in so that they can not only inspire you, not only encourage you, can also challenge and if needed, rebuke you for your wrong behavior and attitude. If you're gonna grow, you need somebody in love, because they love you, will be prepared to do that to you. Very often what we do then is take offense and we run away from them because we don't actually want to change and listen to God in our life. By the way, this is all based on Bible. Bible, God's love, God's grace. We don't earn becoming a disciple. It's all by God's grace and God's love. This is about heart and relationship with Jesus. I wanna become a disciple because I love you, Jesus, and I wanna see your kingdom grow. So the other circumstantial response I touched on is this. When circumstances come, okay, it's not the circumstance that changes you. It's actually your response to the circumstance. It is. If you want to look at somebody who went through a circumstance which was difficult, look at Jesus on the cross. Look at Jesus on the cross. Amazing response. Forgiving people, loving people, looking after his mother. Sorry, Sarah's got to preach on this. I'm pinching it. Sorry, right? His response in the circumstances was to do what his father wanted. He knew the father's heart, so he kept loving even though he was mistreated. He knew how to respond. I'm sure he wanted to. Paul's another one. Great example of the Apostle Paul. We're not all Jesuses, and we're not all Apostle Pauls, by the way. We don't all face what they face, but we do face things on a daily basis that can discourage us. We're here to grow through it. We're here to respond to the situation, the circumstances, the way Jesus would want us to respond. You're here, in other words, to grow through it. Even the muck. You know roses grow with some good muck, don't you? Some roses in here. And we become a rose, a beautiful rose. Sometimes we need a little bit of muck to actually get us to break through and to flourish for God. So that's the exhale. Inhale, exhale, environment. You've got one of those. You can take it through us. We'll use that throughout and everything. Is that okay? And I'm running out of time, so I better hurry up. Okay, let's go to a scripture. I think this scripture is key for us this year. Okay, let's read this scripture. It's from Luke 7. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of, of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to to him to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and this one come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant. Wow, great scripture. Jesus has not found faith like this. And I think we can learn something from this man. If we're gonna be a person who grows? If we're going to be a church that grows, there's something in this, I believe, that God wants to say to us this year. This is a man, a centurion. He's not a Jew. He's not a believer as such. Yet he's living out a life that was completely different or abnormal to what the Romans would do. He is, it says, testifies. The people testified for him. It said this. He was a person who loved the people and built them a synagogue. Wow, so he's not a normal Roman soldier who comes in and just takes over everything. He actually comes into the environment and he considers the people that are there. This guy did something completely different. You know, when Jesus hung around with his disciples, the synagogue, and they the they got their teaching from the synagogue. So what they would do is they would go to the synagogue and then the rabbi would teach and they'd sit under the word of God. So all of what they did, their worship there together, went to the synagogue, and that was the place of worship. Agree? But when Jesus came, Jesus changed the game. He wow, I just like that. He brought a change of game. See, the place of worship was the temple. But Jesus flipped it around. Jesus put the temple in the person. He put the temple in the person and then said to these disciples, every week go to the temple and worship me. Did he? Are you with me this morning? Did he say go to the temple each week? No, 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 no. He said, I am sending you. He changed the blinking game. He empowered them and said, I am sending you. Go, go in my name baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them my word. And he said, I will be with you to the very end. He flipped the whole thing around. He got the temple, the place of worship, and put it inside the disciples. The place of worship now is inside of you. God in you. God has forgiven you. He's washed you. He's made you brand new. Now you are a carrier of the good news and the gospel. You are now sent from this building. Jesus changed the game. And I think as church, sometimes if we're not careful, it can be all about the Sunday. And I love Sundays. And I don't want to dismiss Sundays or undermine Sundays because we've done a good stage here. And we've done a great welcome for you. And I want to keep that up as the church that we give Jesus a name that the church is alive. So I want us to keep doing that. But this isn't just the place of worship. The place of worship is you being sent I've even sent Jesus out. He was here last week and I sent him out. He got blown over by the wind, but I picked him back up again last night, but he's out there. Jesus isn't in here only. Jesus is out there. Jesus is with you at work. Jesus is with you in in your family. Jesus is with you anywhere, everywhere you go. He changed the game. He put the place of temple inside the person. Ba-ba-boom. So that he could do more than he could do with just him being there. Could I encourage you this year that it's not just about a Sunday, but let's not undermine the Sunday. Let's come with a testimony of what God is doing in the week. And if that's not happening, then maybe you need to get back to the Bible and get connected to God again and allow God to refresh and revive you so that you're full of God when you go out and you can give testimony of what God's done through the week. That's what we should be doing. Jesus changed the game. And I think this man changed the game. He was a Roman centurion, and all the Jews should have been loving the people, and doing what they should have been doing, but they weren't. So Jesus spots a man who's a centurion who sends for Jesus for his servant, who he highly valued. Can't you hear the heart in that? He's not just a man who's telling you to obey and do. He genuinely loves the servants. He genuinely loves, I believe, God. He understood, he heard the word. He was there to love people and he was there to build them something. Can you imagine us as a people who all in our heart love Jesus? You say, do you know what this year? I'm gonna change the game. It's gonna be a year where we change the game. I'm gonna see God change in my life. I'm gonna believe God. I'm gonna have faith this year for my family to change. I'm gonna have faith this year. Come on, God wants your faith to grow. Two things you can grow in this year, nothing else. Faith and wisdom. That's it. That's the only thing you, I believe you can grow in this year. Your faith can expand and grow and wisdom by applying the word of God and growing in wisdom. Walking in God's ways and seeing the blessing of God in whatever way, in or outside of you. Two things you can grow in, faith and wisdom. Imagine this year we say, do you know what? We're going to put our faith into action this year. And we're going to believe for our neighbor to get saved. He loved his neighbor as himself. So this year, you like this. Look at that. This year, carry, I like that music. Carry it on. I want to encourage you this year, right? Check this out. This is actually a real car. It's just got no wheels at the back. Do it look, whoa. Do it look like, for those online, I'm sitting in a Formula One car now. It's my previous life. Um, this is a Formula One car, but actually to simulate it. And with this, what you do is... They're going to have a screen in the youth room and they can actually drive it. It's got a PS3 or 4 in the back and actually it's going to have a screen for the youth and they're going to play on it. Someone's donated this for the church. Get your head around that. Right? And now I'm stuck. Can someone get me out? We put Re in this. How many months pregnant are you? Seven months pregnant. She can't get out. We are getting air ambulance down. No, we didn't really. Oh, so. Here's the deal, right? That's just a symbol. That's a game. That's a game. You sit in it and you play it. This year, I want to encourage you, don't play a game. Don't just play the game of Christianity. Actually, hear the word of God and let's put it in practice. And let this year be the year that you see change in and through you. Not by playing church and turning up each week, but actually this year, I'm gonna apply the word of God. I'm gonna do it. I believe Jesus is calling me now to grow in my faith this year. I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus. I'm gonna be one who makes disciples like Jesus is calling me. I'll be a disciple and I'll be discipled. Seven quick things that you can do for you practical people. Are you ready? Are you ready? Seven things Jesus commands us to do. The seven seven (laughs) commands of Jesus. Number one, repent and believe all starts with that, by grace. But you've got to be willing to change. Repentance, change of mind, change of heart. Okay, God, I'm willing to go. If you do not change and say, I'm not going to change, it's not going to happen. Hard-heartedness won't change on itself. You've got to be willing to allow God in and believe that God can change. Repent, believe. Secondly, be baptized. And this isn't a process, by the way. Some people can be baptized in water, but actually not change. Okay? because you don't want to change. You're not really committed to change or pain going through and God dealing with the pain of your life. Repent, believe, be baptized. Third one is this, love and your lifestyle. God's calling you to love. The foundation of our life is love. So if you want to grow this year, it's got to be faith expressing itself in love. Everything you do is in love, not for selfish motive. And this is discipleship process of dealing with the motives of your heart. That's between you and God. You know, it's not between me and you unless you want to talk about something. But ultimately, it's between you and God. It's a journey of love. Fourth one is this, communion, fellowship. And I don't mean just taking bread and wine each week. I actually mean fellowshipping with people, communing with people, getting under the surface a little bit so actually we find out about the real you, the real issues in you, and actually we can speak into it, we can pray into it, and you can actually grow in your faith this year. Instead of just hiding away and playing the face of church, you can actually get in deeper, meaningful relationships. When they met together with bread and wine to remember Jesus, yeah, it was to remember what Christ had done for them, but actually it was more than just meeting together for food. It was to remind them, God Jesus resurrected, and that same power is in me. So on a Monday, your communion with Christ. Not just for Sunday, He changed the game and He put the power in you. So on a Monday, when you face something, you've got the power to overcome. We're good news people, we're people who testify of the gospel, not just deny the power. Sorry, not just talk about the gospel and deny the power, but believe in the gospel and the power, the Holy Spirit in you that rose Christ from the dead. You're communing with him on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Some of us, some of us do it the religious way in our own strength. Instead of of recognizing, I am insecure. I am a mess. God help me and change my life. All we do is we put a show on it. We play the Sunday church. Yeah, I'm fine, I'm good. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're struggling, you're wrestling, you're all messed up, like me. But you know what? Because God is God and he gives us strength in our weakness. In that weakness, he will be glorified and he can do it. Commune with God, fellowship. Next one, pray, right? If you want to grow this year, there are five things so far you can do to grow. Pray. Who are you praying for? Who are you praying for? Give, serve. Are you giving... Are you giving into it? Are you giving your time into it? Your energy into it? Are you giving your finance into it? Or are you not quite ready for that? If you want to grow this year, I'd encourage you to give. Put your heart into it. Ben did a message of the week where your heart is about your treasure, right? Put your money into it. But if it's just putting your money in it and not actually putting your heart in it, don't bother. Actually, do bother, but Right? Because it benefits kids, right? They benefit, not me. They benefit the next generation. The church benefits. So put it if you want to. But God's after your heart, not your money. That's the question for you in your heart. Do you struggle to give? And if so, why? Maybe there's some pride in there. Maybe some fear in there that God wants to help you with. Trust God this year. Not just finances, but in your giving of yourself to people. And the last one is this. Make disciples. The only way we will grow the way Jesus taught us is to obey his word. The seven things that Jesus tells us to do. I'm not telling you to do them. Jesus tells you to do them. If you follow a Jesus, the disciple of Jesus, I'll guarantee if you put them in your life, you will grow. You will grow, people will follow you, and you will be able to disciple people. If we don't put them things in our lives, we have got nothing to give to people because otherwise we're a fake and a facade. So are you gonna commit to them this year? I'm running out of time on them, focus, aren't I? Okay. And I'll just very briefly say these because I haven't got time. As a church, we will focus on these areas. Sunday, kids, groups, and all those groups there, youth and community. And I was going to explain a little bit more about that, but I haven't got time this morning, okay? So um, I'll go into those another week, possibly next week when we do Offering Sunday, so you know what we're doing. But you know, this year, as a people, I want to give you a focus and for us to believe for people. So I've put down, we just discussed this, this isn't a God thing, but we've put down 30 people. 30 people this year. Let's believe for 30 people this year. Who's the person you can believe for to get saved and get connected to God? And if we all focus on people, we all know we've got the same target. You might not be focusing on the person I'm focusing on, but you have got to focus. You might be focusing on the same person, and we're both focusing on him. Even better, they get two lots of God, right? But focus on somebody. Who is the person this year that you are focusing on? Who are the person you are praying for? And if we go for 30 people and we get five, great. If we get one, great, there's one in the kingdom. But at least we had a go for some people. Instead of just coming to church every week, at least we went for people, Jesus is sending us out for people. And we're gonna teach you this year. We're gonna focus on that. We're gonna create a good environment, church. You can bring people. We're gonna give testimonies and stories. We're gonna help you to give your story, how important your story is for somebody. You can testify and talk to somebody so that it equips you you and empowers you for this year. We're not just gonna say, go on, go do it. We're gonna actually help you and encourage you and get stories from people that they've seen it happen. Does that make sense? This is not a competition, by the way. I'm not looking to say, Oh, you've got one well done. I'm not doing that at all. We're sending you full of passion for Jesus, in love with Jesus, and want to share the gospel with Jesus in the way you can share the gospel with Jesus. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that you came and you you died for us. And that you love us, even in our weakness and in our mess. But God, we thank you that you don't leave us like that. But you encourage us, you inspire us, you challenge us to become more like you. And Father, I just pray this year that each one of us would know your peace. Each one of us would have a confidence in you. As we connect to you, as we engage with you. We just get a confidence and a revelation of your love and father I pray that that would fill us this year with a passion to give it out not to be a, a not to be a, to close it off but be willing to give it out this year Father forgive us when we're not willing forgive us when things get in the way forgive us when we're God when maybe fear or things Well, God, I pray that you would fill us with love. Lord, your word says perfect love casts out all fear. So, Father, I pray that our spirits, our hearts would be full of your love this year. Fill us afresh, Father, this year. But, Father, make our minds be willing to go on a journey of discipleship, to follow you, to become like you, to discover you. And, God, to share the good news with others this year. In the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. So just to finish, because I'm running out of time, sorry. I've got to nip up to kids now, but just one thing, okay? We're giving you one of these to take with you. Okay, do you like that? Some of you are like, I don't drink coffee. Or put, put something in it, right? <laughs> right, put rainwater in it, right? Feed people, drink, give it, send it to Africa, whatever. Right, here's the deal, okay? Here's the deal, right? It says on here, change the game. This year, what are you going to change? Do you want to change? An area of your life, change. May your heart, actually, whatever. Change something this year. But more than that, may that change go with you. This is about lifestyle. This is about discipleship on the go. This is about wherever you go. It's only a cup. But actually, more importantly, God's in you. God sent you. He sent you to go and make disciples. This year, make a change. Believe for change. And let's believe for growth. Who wants that one? I won't throw it because I'm probably at someone. Okay. You're the first one at the back. I'm going to have to go up to kids. If we stand, I'm going to go and talk to the kids now about grow this year. All right. Is that okay? There's a lot in there. I'm aware. But I think Lou's going to come and lead us now. Thank you very much. And I'll go see kids. Thank you.